0: Welcome to running an obstacle race train. I'm your host Jeff Bennett, and I've been running and doing obstacle race training for many, many years. To include the 22 years I was in the army and the 15 years since I've been retired. Happy to share experiences and interview other such athletes to kind of motivate us to keep going and finish the course. This program is brought to you currently by Red Bike Publishing. Books and training. Also brought to you by Mission Driven Research. Mission Driven Research is a growing company providing technical services to the U.S. federal government. MDR strives to provide excellent service to our customers, employees, and community. And they also happen to sponsor me and my races. If you'd like to get in touch with us, contact us at editor at redbikepublishing.com. That's editor at R-E-D-B-I-K-E publishing.com. Welcome to episode two with your host, Jeff Bennett. Thank you, Patrick. Today we'll be interviewing Patrick Buckley. Again, welcome, Patrick. Um, we're glad to have you, and actually, you're our first interviewee on our podcast, so thanks for being here. My pleasure. It's uh, great to be here. Yeah. So, we'll start with the beginning. Um, how did you start running competitively? So, uh, going back
1: to about sophomore year in college, uh, my older brother um, was a big runner, big endurance runner, ran a lot of marathons, half marathons, those kinds of distances. And at the time I was a two back a day smoker and he uh, told me that I could never possibly even run a mile, much less multiple miles. So it was at that point that I decided that I was going to prove him wrong. So I signed up for a five miler, um, in March of that year and ran it and almost died. Uh, and so when I, uh, When I got done with that, I decided that maybe I should just start lifting weights again. So I kind of bounced around in and out, um, lifting weights and and whatnot. Um, And so, yeah, really running, really I got into running because uh, my
0: brother said I couldn't do it. So, one, you had a a challenge. And the other one I heard you say is um, you wanted to use that as a way to stop smoking. It seems like a common ground between a lot of runners, they've done things to change the way their current health situation wasn't going in. They turned to running. It seems like a drastic move, but is it such a drastic move from nothing to running? Um, so it certainly is drastic to go from nothing to running marathons,
1: but certainly over shorter distances, I don't think it's that drastic. I think it's uh it's definitely it's a change for sure. And it's what you're motivated to do. It's how you're motivated, it's how you're wired basically. Uh, And I just found that if someone was going to challenge me in such a way and say I couldn't do something, um, I was going to prove them completely
0: wrong and and go the other way completely and start running marathons. Yeah, Well, fun fact, that's how I started running marathons. Mm -hmm. The two I ran, um, you might remember I told you before before the audience, I ran two marathons in the 80s. Um, One, I was smoking as well. And Mm -hmm. to quit smoking, I said, I'm going to run a marathon. So I believe I took runner's world six month marathon training uh, where they said, if you could run 26 miles a week for six months, you can finish a marathon. Hmm. So that's what I did. So like you said, it wasn't drastic. It was just adding on to what I was currently doing to get up to that state.
1: Right. And I'm just the way I'm wired. I'm more of a regimented habitual. Once I get into the swing of things, um, it tends to be pretty easy. So, um, you know, you mentioned the runner's world plan. I kind of I, I lashed on to Hal Higdon and his marathon training plans, um, starting with the beginner. And I've since moved up past expert and I've started doing my own plans. But yeah, that, having that sort of, you know, here's what you do today. Here's what you do for the week kind of goal um, definitely kept me focused and motivated towards the ultimate
0: goal of being able to run that far in one time. So for like new runners or people just thinking about getting into it, how do you know if you have enough training? (laughs) That's
1: a really good question. So, um, I think in my personal experience, um, just following a plan isn't necessarily enough. Um, having people around you to motivate you and to sort of give you pointers, directions, tips is very helpful. Um, And I had a friend I used to run with. I don't run with him anymore, but I used to run with him pretty regularly. And one of the things he used to say was, you need to do the workout. Don't let the workout do you. And so if you feel like you're being done by the workout, like when you're done, you're just completely dead and you've got nothing left, then you've probably expended too much energy on that particular workout, right? Mm Because Um, especially with endurance, OCR or any kind of endurance sport, really, you don't want to give your 100 everything all until race day, right? You really kind of want to have some in the reserves. And if you feel like the, the workout did you, then you've probably pushed too far. And that's kind of the case because once the workout does you, then you have extra days that are required for recovery. Mm-hmm. And then you've set yourself back, um, set yourself back for other other training, other runs that are coming down the pipe that are supposed to be easier, but your, you know, your legs are dead. So yeah,
0: yeah. I, I heard another podcast. I, I can't remember, but it was great advice. As, considering what you just said, if you have a planned recovery day, and, and a bunch of people pass you on your run, don't be tempted to go at... To let them show you up. Yeah. Just, just let it go. <laughs> Completely agree. Completely agree. <laughs> that's hard to do. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it really is.
1: You know, have those hard workouts kind of worked in there on occasion, but yeah, you really, you
0: know, you don't want to be training at race pace all the time or you will burn out quickly. Oh. So that's good advice. Um, I met you last summer, mm-hmm. uh, from a mutual friend who put us together on a 5k mm-hmm. and, From Before, prior to that time, I would consider myself a sprinter. I ran two-mile events in the Army for the physical training test Mm -hmm. to speed, and then I ran 5Ks and 10Ks. Um, And most of my OCR races have been 5 to 10K, Mm -hmm. except the occasional Tough mutter. But um, getting back to how we met, um, I learned about endurance racing from you and the crew and had run alone prior to that. Um, how important is a running community or running accountability partner or other people in your running? So I think accountability is really
1: important. Um, just this past year I hired on a coach for that very thing. Um, she's kind of the one that's kind of keeping me honest with training plans and stuff, but accountability is super important. Having that person that you can make sure is kind of watching you while you watch them. Um, Huntsville where we live I think the running community is unlike any other that I've ever experienced for sure in that it's quite large it's quite diverse in the sense that it's got your guys who um, have qualified for the Olympics quite honestly well yeah two guys like you know just your weekend warriors who are just running shorter distances or whatever so there's there's sort of a an overall community that's huge but for me personally what kept me running when I first started doing endurance running in in 2010 when I signed up for my first marathon, it was having somebody to do it with. Um, my wife always says that working out or going to the gym is a lot like church It's a whole lot easier to go when there's people to go with you right and to and to they'll, they'll keep you going they'll keep you motivated um, and so from two thousand ten to when do we run together monday yeah <laughs> <laughs> i've I've had a group or multiple groups of guys and gals that I've run with, um, to keep me motivated, to keep me honest. Um, and I think it's super important to have that, um, just to kind of show you that you're not doing things on your own. You're not out there alone suffering. Uh, um, I've always said that I might swim more if I could actually talk while I was doing it. Um, nah. <laughs> cause I think the conversations are always really good. Um, it's it's you know i think i've had some of the the deepest theological conversations i've ever had on runs on on like 4:30 in the morning with some some guys you know yeah, it's right. just it's it's just a you share a common thing and then and everything else kind of seems to fall into place uh, i think it's super important and i would encourage anybody who's listening to try to find one or more other people to run with just because
0: it's it's super important to just have
1: somebody to be motivated with yeah
0: yeah, and that's one of my observations I've had since running with you and the other group is I've um, the intensity I was running was... Mm. Um, I felt weird talking. I felt mm. like I was slacking. But then we had our um, weekly or bi-weekly speed runs mm-hmm. around the track. Yep. So nobody talked during that time no. except during the recovery. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. yeah. So I noticed that in ultra-running community... Um, you know, in the 5K community and 10K community, you have your culture and your rules and the things that you just don't do. Um, and in my first trail run, that was a half marathon, people started talking to me, and I soon figured out I was being very rude by not talking back to them. Can you explain that? Do people talk in marathons too? And uh, yeah, so I
1: think um, I think it it kind of depends, right? I think it depends on on the course and and on the day. So. One of the one of the most encouraging things I've ever done as a, an endurance runner is to um, pace a, a group, and so this this will really I think this will really answer the question. So when I was pacing, you, when you're pacing, you obviously don't want to run at your peak. You know, this is my PR pace. You kind of you take your PR and you actually add like thirty minutes is what I. Did. Oh, okay. And so I took my PR time and I I, I paced a, a four ten group, and with um, you know there's the challenge of trying to stay at that consistent pace but and but there's also the challenge of ensuring that the people who are running with you are getting to their goal right? right and so when when myself and the other person that was pacing with me were pacing that group she and I were just being conversational because we were used to running way way faster than that right but the group who was running with us was trying to set either their PR or a Boston qualifying time or something. Wow. Right. And so they were getting really upset with us that we were just shooting the breeze while they're, you know, suffering. Right. And, um, so from that aspect of it, it was, it was kind of not a good thing that we were being so talkative and Uh so conversational and whatnot. But I've found that, Motivation can come through the people who are running with you who are you know encouraging you and those kinds of things so i've i I always try to encourage other folks while I'm doing those distances because they're out there suffering with you, they're dealing with the same stuff um they've got the same goals that you do. Why not have a good conversation and kind of talk
0: through some stuff so yeah, that's, that's kinda yeah, as I study um like ultra running, I'm reading books about it. And one book said, you know, sometimes if you're running faster than your conversation pace, you might be yep. a little bit too intense in your run. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. So, um, are you doing anything? Or are you currently reading anything to increase your knowledge of your sport of running? So, I have... Um, so, really, I've been focusing an awful lot on um,
1: my technique and working with this coach that I've brought on. Okay. Um, honestly... It, one hundred percent honest truth, I've never run a single read a single book on how to run. Right. Running is just the thing that I do to stay in shape and to, to have the community and those kinds of things. Yeah. Um any plans that I've found have been through like Hal Higdon or, or some online source or my coach who's giving me my plans every couple of weeks. So I've honestly never read a
0: singular book that says, you know, this is the way to go. But yes. you're pursuing knowledge. Um, oh, for from, sure, for sure. Mentors from
1: mentors and... and from from websites and from podcasts such as this one. Um. Th- those Thank kinds of things yeah I um social media right social media has got such a wide breadth of with from Strava to to Facebook to those kinds of things um to, last year I signed up to run the year the number right so I ran 2018 miles in 2018 wow. so there was a Facebook group mm-hmm. right that that kept you motivated and gave you tips and pointers on you know oh you know I'm 60 miles behind because I was injured. Like, what do I do? You know, and those kinds of things. So those kind of community senses, too, can exist. Uh, Not necessarily just on the road, but on on Facebook
0: and those kinds of things as well. Wow. Well, you might have answered this question in that, but, um, you know, what do you do? You know, you've been running for years, but what do you do to try to increase your performance? So I think it's kind of twofold so
1: with respect to so there's okay so i have a i have a theory an axiom so to speak that at some point in your running career you either decide you need to go faster or you need to go longer Mm -hmm. right and it's hard to do both i think that's where a lot of people kind of stumble and fall is they think that they should go you know go farther faster at the same time
0: Mm -hmm. um
1: so as far as improving performance right so the The training plan that I'm on right now has got me at about a 40 mile base, as base. Right. But it's got speed work and hill work kind of worked in to improve those, the performance in that area. So right now I'm not super focusing on going farther; it's going faster. Um. So I've got 200 200 repeats. Uh, Tuesday I did 1200 mile uh, 1200 mile 1200 meter awesome. repeats, um, at a specific pace, at a sub seven pace. And so those that's what I'm focusing on right now, knowing full well that in June I have a half marathon in Leadville, Colorado, that is going to require me to have a completely different um, base, not just mileage, but being able to process oxygen and those kinds of things. And we're going to start focusing on that after half marathon season, which I've
0: got one next weekend and and then I'm going to start focusing on on Leadville after that. Well, you told me something interesting. I'll consider you a mentor. You told me something interesting. Uh, when I told you I wanted to start doing ultra marathons and then ultra marathons. And you said, practice walking and practice running slow. Mm-hmm. That just totally did not compute at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Understood. Yeah. I've got, I've got several friends who have done, you know,
1: ultras and hundred milers and those kinds of things. I'm not at that point in my career yet. As far as running goes, I'm more focused on halves and full marathon distances. But, um, the guy that I, that a friend of mine who's run a hundred, um, he's not fast and he'll tell you that and his ability to, you know, he'll basically run for five minutes and then be able to walk for one over a hundred miles. You know, like to me, when I first heard that, I thought that was insane. And then two years ago I ran marathons on back-to-back weekends and the first marathon I bonked completely. Um, it was my worst marathon time yet. And then the next weekend... My plan was was I was going to try to PR that weekend and I had to completely throw that out mm. and this friend of mine basically told me run for 5 minutes and walk for 1 and I thought that was the craziest thing I've ever heard in my <laughs> life and I beat the previous week's marathon time by over 30 minutes by doing that. <laughs> That's awesome. And part of that was course, but the other part of it was I was give I was allowing my body some time to to recover mid-race when I had already beat the crud out of it, you know, the week before. Right. Um, I thought that was just the craziest thing I'd ever heard. And I would, I would recommend it for anybody who is even, even if you're doing your first marathon or, or you're, or you're kind of stacking things up like that, um, to consider that as an option. Um, I've got a good friend who's, um, I think he's, he's 63 now and has done 50 marathons or something like that. And when he turned 60, that's where he went. He went to Five minutes running, one to two minutes walking, hmm. and that's what he does all the time because he's not focused on. I'm not. He knows he's not gonna PR. He's sixty three. His PR came when he was thirty. Right. Right. Yeah. He, he's over that. That's done, gone, gone and done with. But um, unless he adds distance. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but there's that. There's that discipline aspect yeah. that I think comes. You know, with with age comes wisdom. With with experience comes the ability to stop and say, okay, maybe I need to. To take it a little bit easy, maybe a bit off, a bit more than I could chew, or um, it's just it's just smart to slow down sometimes. That was something I struggled with in training too. I was in the same boat that you were in in that you know faster was better, faster, faster, faster. Don't worry about going slow, just fast, right? And then I would get about six weeks into a twelve week training plan or eighteen week training plan, and I would just be like, I am done with this, and I'm tired of it. You know, I'm injured or whatever um it's you know the goal isn't just necessarily to get through your week faster it's to get through your week so that you're injury free so you can get to the next week yes and the next week and the next week to where you get to your event whatever you're training for and you know then you can really kind of put it put the spurs to it so to speak and and really go out and go get it
0: yeah so and it takes a lot of time to do that i've actually incorporated um Walking into my training, believe it or not, mm-hmm. um, walking and really slow running—that's um, hard to do. But I usually put it at the end of my runs, so I at least do a mile of walking and yeah. slow running. Yeah, I, I th- noticed that in your run
1: yesterday that you would put like a mile and some change in really slow after you had done like
0: sub eight. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and I'm actually thinking of expanding that to more deliberate workout. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're like the rest of us, but you're really fast and competitive and, uh, and, uh, you work a full-time job Mm -hmm. and you have a family and and a wife who loves you very much. Um, how do you balance your desire to compete with work and family life? So that that is an
1: excellent question. Um, so it's really about what goals that you want to set and what you want to accomplish. And it's all about having good communication with the people who are around you, who are to support you in doing those things. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, my wife and I, uh, we've been married for, 13 years coming up on 13 years. So we've uh we've had a lot of ups and downs in my running in the sense that I was putting way too much attention on running and not enough attention on the family and and it made it 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 wasn't good for a while, right? And so I had to make a decision, right? Do I want to continue on running like, you know, there's no tomorrow and, you know, whenever the kids get up, they get up, or do I focus on on family and then running is kind of secondary. Right. And so it's, it's really about, you know, my mentality is, is that it's, it's always family first, whether it's work or running or anything, it's always family first. And sometimes I get that backwards, but, um, I've really been trying to be more communicative on what my plans are. Right. You know, this is a race I'm looking at running. This is a race I'm looking at running. How do we make our schedule work for that? And the schedule doesn't just include the day of the event. It's, you know, the weeks and weeks leading up to it. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm a morning person anyway, so, you know, we're running at 4.30 in the morning before the sun even comes up. You know, my kids are typically up about 6.30 or 7, so I'm usually home before they even get up. Um, so we've made the adjustments so that, you know, my running schedule doesn't um, conflict or compromise the amount of time
0: that I have um, doing family stuff. So. Well, good. That's important because I know a lot of people struggle with that. And mm-hmm. um, I like the part about the good communication and then setting priorities and making a family schedule mm-hmm. where everybody buys in. So I have a couple questions for you. It's kind of a game, it's like two questions, but maybe a little bit more. Um, all right. So, trail running or road running? Road running. Road running. Okay. Um, it's raining. You go outside or treadmill? Outside. Every time. I hate the treadmill. I uh, hate it.
1: <laughs> Sorry, I know I was supposed to do one word answer, but
0: <laughs> I couldn't be more emphatic. All right. Well, hey, Patrick, we really appreciate being here. And it is in our time. It's Friday night, so it's time to start the weekend yeah. with our families. Yeah. Uh, thanks for coming by, Patrick. Thank you so much uh, for having me. This was fun. Any other last piece of advice? Uh, just do what you love
1: if you enjoy running go and do it if you'd rather be a swimmer go do that if you want to go hang off some tree like my buddy jeff here and and do some ocr stuff then by all means just make sure you're doing what you love
0: that's outstanding advice thank you so much